Hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. I know that it's Sunday, and I don't normally post on this day, but I haven't posted a video in a while. If you saw my last video, you know why that is. I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been very kind and sent a lot of love and support and prayers. I really appreciate it. I'm still not 100%, but I am slowly getting better. I'm going to try my best to get back to my regular upload schedule. I hope you all enjoy these stories. All that being said, now that all that's out of the way, let's go ahead and get started. And remember, to always stay hungry. The story happened in spring 2021. For the sake of the story, I'm going to call myself Anita. I'm a 27-year-old Haitian-American woman, and me and two of my female cousins that I'll refer to as Janice and Julia decided to take a trip to Haiti in May 2021. We had first visited a small countryside town called Cap Haitian to visit our grandparents who lived there. Our first week went pretty well. We enjoyed the beach, spent time with family, and we had really enjoyed the food and sceneries. But the horror all happened when we visited the Port-au-Prince to see more of our family and friends. Me and my cousins rented out a car for our time in the capital. One day we decided to go out to run some errands late in the afternoon and buy some souvenirs from when we would go back to Florida. We pulled over to the side of a random street to check out some souvenirs we could buy from a street vendor. And all of a sudden, an old diesel Toyota Land Cruiser with blacked out windows came into the street at full speed, and instantly we went into panic mode. One man in the Land Cruiser started to open the door, and I could already see big military weapons. So we started running, and as we were running, we heard gunshots. We then quickly ran into the small alleyway. An inhabitant spotted us and understood what was going on, and he made us hide in his hut. We hid there for what felt like 40 minutes to an hour. Afterwards, we profusely thanked the inhabitant, and he kindly but firmly told us to get back home as soon as possible. When we went back out onto the main road, our car was still there, so we got inside and locked the door, and then drove back to our family's house. For the rest of our time in Haiti, we mostly just remained inside, and only went out when it was only necessary. Fast forward to now, there's been a lot of cases of kidnappings, and sadly, not many people have survived going there. We will not be going back to Haiti for a while. This happened when I was about seven to eight years old. I don't remember all of the details, and it's since become a blur to me after a few years. The story happened on my first day back to school, one day before my birthday. My mother had asked me where I wanted to go for my birthday, and I had the perfect idea in mind, which I told her. I said that I wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese. She said that we could go, but I would miss school that Friday. Though I didn't really mind, because you know as kids we love missing school. When I woke up that day, I had this strange feeling that I was missing something. But after a few minutes, I couldn't figure it out. I just hopped out of bed and put on my best outfit. I then headed down the stairs and met my mom downstairs. Now, I don't really remember exactly what she said, but when I asked her about this now, 
it makes much more sense. She told me that the family on my dad's side was going to be coming over. Now, to give a little context, my dad died when I was about six years old, and I only ever saw his family once, which was at his funeral. We never really had any conversations with them, but I knew my mom didn't really like them with the glare she gave them that day. That's it for context. I had asked her why they were coming over, but all she told me was that she owes it to my dad. I shrugged it off and just continued my day as usual. We went out to eat around 12, and we went to the Chuck E. Cheese at 6 when the sun just began to set. When we arrived, my mom sat in the car for a few seconds, taking a deep breath and then walking us inside. I remember my mom's face when she then saw my dad's brother, her face pale and cold. She shook his hand, and she then immediately told me to go play on the play place. As a kid, I didn't really pay much attention to them, and I just focused on playing around with the other kids. I did see her greeting my dad's mom and dad, though. About ten minutes had passed when my mom called me to play games. I played different arcade games for an hour or two. After a while, I kind of got bored, and I realized I had to use the bathroom. I went looking for my mom, but I couldn't find her. No matter how much I looked around, I just didn't see her. However, I did find my uncle. For now, we'll call him John. I asked where my mother was, and he responded back with, Why, do you need something? I told him I needed to use the restroom, and he said that he would be happy to take me there. Being a six-year-old child, I didn't really know any better. I then said yes, and he began to lead me to the back area where all the restrooms were. When we got near, I had saw the bathroom sign, but John didn't stop walking. I remember telling him, Hey, I think we passed the bathroom. I repeated this a few times until I realized he wasn't going to stop walking. He took my hand, and he grabbed it tightly. I then began crying at this point because I was really scared, and he was now hurting my arm with his clenching. With the music playing and all the kids screaming, I don't think anyone could have heard me. He then opened the back door that led to the back of the Chuck E. Cheese, but before the door shut, I noticed my mom walk out of the bathroom. I then screamed as loud as I could before the door shut. John put his hand on my mouth, and he just kept telling me it would be okay. I tried kicking him, but it didn't do anything. John was really tall and kind of buff, so there really wasn't much a six-year-old child could do. Not even a second later, the door opened again. Me and John turned our heads at the same time. John took his hand off my mouth when he saw who it was. It was my mom. I then smiled when I saw her. She then asked, John, what do you think you're doing? He immediately grabbed me by the shoulder and then pinned me to the wall. I let out a yelp when I then hit the wall. John then said, You better walk away before I cut her throat. My mom then shouted at him, You wouldn't dare do a damn thing to my kid. And he replied back in a very cunning voice, Oh really now? I turned my head a little to see what he was up to when I was met with a knife to my throat. I began crying heavily at this point and my mom was just standing there not knowing what her next move would be. This is where it starts to become a blur. My mom said that I had bit his hand, causing him to stumble back and then let me go for a second. That's when I ran to my mom 
and she said that he lunged at her and began punching her. Being a little kid and seeing your mom getting beaten up is absolutely traumatizing. She then told me that she was about to pass out from all the hits he was throwing, and then they suddenly stopped. When she looked up, she noticed him screaming in pain because I grabbed his knife and I stabbed it into his leg. She wasted no time and she took this opportunity to get up and then drag us inside. When we got back up and got inside, my mother collapsed on the floor and I ran into the arcade area, screaming for help. Within a few seconds, the workers were on the phone with the police and there were others checking to see if my mom was alright. I looked around, but I didn't see my dad's family at all. It's like they were all just gone at that point. Whenever I look back at this now that I'm 16, I can see why it's a blur to me. My mom ended up being fine, and when we got to the hospital, they had us file a report, and they kept asking me what happened, but I was really worried to speak on it. So I just stayed silent by my mom's side. My mom did have to stay in the hospital for a few days, just so she could heal up. She had a mild concussion and a broken nose. She told me that my dad had told her that apparently his brother was a registered sex offender, and that he was only let out just a few months before my dad's passing. So when she saw him there, she knew it wasn't going to be a good day. I'm so grateful to my mom for saving me that day, but whenever I tell her I'm so glad she did that, she tells me that I'm the hero because I saved her from him. My uncle went to jail for assault, as well as attempted kidnapping and murder. He's said to be released on August 12th of 2026. To John, I really hope we never meet again, and thank you to everyone who listened to my story. Hey everyone, I need to take a small break from the stories to thank today's sponsor, HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh makes dinner time a snap, with deliciously easy options that will please everyone at your table. From fit and wholesome to pescatarian and veggie, they have a meal plan that suits your lifestyle. Plus, you can swap out proteins and sides to your liking. There's no worries if you're not a pro in the kitchen. HelloFresh's foolproof recipes arrive pre-portioned, and they're easy to prepare in just a few steps. I like HelloFresh personally because it makes things so much easier, especially on those nights when I just don't know what to make. And with their variety of recipes, you never have any trouble figuring out something to eat. Go to HelloFresh.com Cannibal16 and use code Cannibal16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com Cannibal16 and use code Cannibal16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. I'd like to share my personal story of why I can't bring myself to help strangers out much nowadays. This was a few years ago in 2017, and over the years I've really thought to myself, maybe my story just isn't as scary as I thought, but I was sure scared when it happened. I guess I'll let you decide if it's truly that scary. It was around 1pm that day, 
when I was walking my fiancé out to his car before he went to work. We were outside my apartment in an area of our city that we're both pretty familiar with. So when a random stranger asked us about our neighbor, we didn't really think too much about it. He just asked if we knew the lady who lived there. I responded back with, I've only really talked to her a few times, but from the looks of it, I don't think she's even there. My assumption since I didn't see her car in the lot. I carried on saying my goodbyes to my fiancé, who kissed me goodbye, got in his car, and then headed to work. As I was walking back to my apartment, the stranger who was still standing on my neighbor's porch then said something to me, but I didn't understand him. Now, me being the nice person that I am, I walked a bit closer to him to understand what he had just said. At this point, I had made out that he was asking me if I could call a number for him. The number according to him was supposed to be my neighbor's phone number. I decided to be helpful and dial the number for him, and I had put it on speaker so he could hear them. I've never really been a fan of handing my own phone over to strangers. When we finally reached someone, they asked who he was, and they claimed they didn't know him. Then they promptly hung up. I apologized to the guy for a sour look and began to walk away. This is when he began to comment on how hot it was outside and how he had no ride now since the neighbor wasn't home to give him a ride. Now, to be fair, it was Texas in the summer. Once again, being the nice person I am, I offered him some water. Yeah, water would be nice. That was his reply. As I started inside my apartment to grab him a bottle of water, he began explaining to me how big of a believer in God he was, how nice of a person he was, and how he would especially never hurt a hair on my body. In my opinion, if you're a really good person, you really shouldn't feel the need to explain that to someone. That was odd to me, but so are lots of people in the world. Anyways, I brought the water back out to him, and at this point he was sitting down on my porch, which I immediately thought was kind of odd. I hadn't invited him to hang out with me. I only decided to be nice and offer the guy some water. It was at this point that I began to feel a bit weirded out. I didn't want to just go inside and leave this stranger on my porch alone. After all, I'm a 5'2", 125-pound female, and some strange guy sitting on my porch is a little odd. Thankfully, in the back of my mind, I knew that my friend was coming over on his lunch break, and he's a pretty big guy, 6 foot 2, 250 pounds. We'll call him Brandon to avoid using his real name. So with him showing up within 5 minutes of this guy inviting himself over to my porch, you could say I was pretty relieved to see him pull up. Let me stop right there real quick, and also add that in about 2 minutes before Brandon pulled into my lot, this guy starts asking all about my fiancé, and if he would be gone from work for a while. He then proceeds to tell me that my fiancé is a very lucky man. I have no idea why I felt inclined, but nervously, I then asked him, and what makes you say that? That's when he then began to comment on my body, telling me that I had a beautiful body, and that he could definitely tell I worked out a lot. I watched as his eyes wandered up and down my body, and then onto my butt, which made me even more uncomfortable, as you can imagine. About this time, I see Brandon's car pull into the parking lot. Brandon got out of his car, and I could already very see the clear concern on his face as to why this random guy was sitting on my porch with me. 
With Brandon being on his lunch break, I knew that he couldn't stay for long. So we proceed to sit there and make small talk with the guy for about five minutes until Brandon then asked me if I have my phone on me and that he also knew my fiance had been trying to get a hold of me. We'll just refer to my fiance as Justin. I went to grab my phone and I realized that Brandon had just texted me and that he had actually made that up about Justin just to get me to look at my phone. He sent me a text that then read, Hey, are you good? Is this guy straight? I feel like I'm glad I showed up. If you need an excuse to leave, just say Justin needs you to bring him something at his work. That was a good idea, and I decided to go outside and tell them both that I needed to take Justin his phone charger, which he had left at home. After going out and announcing that I was going to leave, Brandon had made some food in my place while on his lunch break, and he went inside to grab his food. That's when the stranger began asking me if I was leaving, and if I could give him a ride somewhere deeper into the city. The location he wanted me to take him was also where a bunch of robberies had recently taken place, as well as a few fatal shootings that also involved robberies, and it was less than a week ago. Again, being the nice person I was, even though I really wanted to say no and shut the fucking door in his face, I tried to make an excuse for why I couldn't, while also being nice about it. That's when Brandon came back out, and then caught wind of the conversation we were having. At that point, I went inside to grab my keys so that I could try and leave quickly without this guy taking notice of me. As I went back outside, I noticed the stranger was walking away, and he had disappointment in his walk. Brandon took me inside, and he told me that while I'd been inside, he had told the man that I wasn't going to take him anywhere, and that he needed to leave right away. The man then insisted that this wasn't up to Brandon, and that he was still going to ask me. Once again, with more force, Brandon told the man that I wasn't going to take him anywhere, and he wouldn't be allowed in my car alone with me. The man still insisted on asking me. When Brandon decided it was time to get stern, and then told him, Look dude, I'm speaking for her right now, and she's not going to take you anywhere. You need to leave before I kick your ass. And with that, the guy left. And with the fact that I had said that I was leaving, and knowing that creep was still walking around the lot outside, I knew I should leave and drive around a bit just to make it more believable. Brandon walked me out to my car, and he told me to be safe and to also keep an eye out since he was going back to work now. I drove around for about 20 minutes before returning home. Before I went home, though, I made sure to reach out to my brother to meet me at my place just to keep me company for a while. I actually beat my brother to my apartment, and as I was driving down the road leading to my complex, I made eye contact with the same creepy guy. He saw me drive by him as he was walking down the road away from my complex, but at that point I assumed that he was finally actually leaving and that I would be safe. I get to my apartment and I go inside and lock the door to await my brother. We'll call him Calvin. I kid you not, not even one minute after I went inside and locked my door, I heard a knock at the door. My stomach dropped, as I knew there was no way in hell that Calvin had made it here yet. I looked out the peephole, and sure enough, it was the creeper. Standing on my porch again, only this time he knew for sure I was home alone. I ignored his knocks, and I took my shoes off so I could walk more quietly to avoid being heard by him. I heard him knock again, and then he began saying random slurs at me 
usually used towards women that start with a C and B. I'm sure you can use your imagination. He was doing this through the door and demanding I open up. I then ran up the stairs to hide in my room. For some reason, that just felt safer. I knew I'd have the bollocks to jump out of the second story window if I needed to. It felt like hours had passed since I had talked to my brother, so I gave him a ring, and when he answered the phone, I asked him, Dude, where are you? He's on my fucking porch right now, banging on my door. That's when I was able to look out my bedroom window, and then see Calvin getting out of his car across the lot. I asked him if he could see the guy on my porch, and he replied back with, Yep, I definitely see him. He took off pretty quickly when I started walking to your door. It was finally at that point that I thought it would be smart to call the police. They took my description of the guy, and they said they would send an officer to patrol the area, and also have an officer call me shortly to check up on me. Fast forward about an hour later, I finally get a call from a police officer. The conversation goes like this. Well, we found the guy you called about, and he's been arrested. And my head knocking on my door and creeping me out wasn't really enough to be arrested, so surely something else happened. Oh wow, that's great to hear. Um, what ended up happening with that? Well, he ended up stripping off all of his clothes, running and dancing, and doing push-ups in the middle of the street. At this time, we believe he was extremely high on PCP and hitting a peak. At this point, my mind is racing, and I'm freaking the hell out. What if Brandon hadn't been there to make this creep go away? What if Calvin hadn't been available to show up? This guy obviously had pure intentions, given the high amount of PCP in his system. And you know, the berating and creeping on me. I'm really glad I trusted my instincts on this one. Who knows what could have happened to me if I'd given him a ride, or if I'd opened the door when I was there alone. I'm glad that I never have to find out. I really hope people learn from this and start taking the saying stranger danger way more seriously.